Arizona is a unique place full of stories, folklore, and Wild West chicanery. From KJZZ's original productions, Untold Arizona explores some of these stories you probably haven't heard about the Grand Canyon State. I'm Tiara Vian, here with two Arizona tales recorded before the pandemic last year. It's a cross between shuffleboard and bowling on ice. And ever since the U.S. won Olympic gold in 2018, the sport of curling has been gaining popularity. But long before that, curling has thrived from a devoted following right here in the desert. Heather Van Blocklin takes us to the Tempe Club. This is the curler's song and the curler's alibis. Dedicated to all skips who blame their leads. All leads who blame their skips and all curdlers who blame anybody except themselves. It's, it's my life now. It's, it's where I spend all my free time and all my money. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an amazing sport, and there's fantastic people. Mike Siggins was born and raised in the Phoenix Metro. He's a member of the Coyotes Curling Club in Tempe, which hosted the Ed Wernick Golden Wrench Classic. Siggins served as chair. Uh, I'm the lead volunteer. Siggins is also a champion. His team of desert dwellers won last year's USA Curling Club National Tournament, upsetting well-established curling clubs from Minnesota and Wisconsin. There's probably four or five people in the world that can make a living doing this, and everybody else just does it because they love it. And Siggins loves it. They're celebrities, these people. You know, curling is a, is a huge pastime in Canada. It's also increasingly an American pastime since American John Schuster won Olympic curling gold in 2018. Schuster was skip of the men's curling team that won the U.S. its first gold medal ever in the sport, considered by most to be associated with Canada. But its origin is actually Scottish. According to the World Curling Federation, the first recognized curling clubs were formed in Scotland in the mid-1800s. Curling, in its early days, was played on frozen ponds. And not too much has changed. The sport's main movement still requires players to jackknife their right leg, slide forward, and push a 40-pound disc on ice. Yeah, it's something you have to kind of get used to. Um, you know, it's basically a deep lunge, so you have, to, you have to warm up your muscles for it. Some finer points of curling. Teams play against each other in playdowns. There's four players on a team. Each team throws eight discs, known as stones, down the sheets in an end. An end is like an inning. There are eight ends to a game. Not a match, a game, and tournaments are called bonspiels. All right, so who are we rooting for? You can root for me. We're playing in it. Okay, what's your team? Uh, team Siggins. Oh, and all the teams come up with a name. Team Siggins is named after its skip, the person who calls the game. Uh, I've been to nine worlds, uh, ten national championships, and two Paralympics. Patrick McDonald is a skip and a wheelchair curling Paralympian for Team USA. And I just had to beat up some cancer and now I'm healthy and now I'm coming back. So now I volunteer my time here at the club uh, teaching uh, able body wheelchair curling. And this is one of the main reasons why we came uh, to Arizona. We is Patrick and his wife and daughter. Carrie and Andrea, both of whom are curlers in Tempe, along with Patrick. I'm at a curling club every day. I better learn how to curl, so now I curl. The McDonald's moved to Arizona from Wisconsin, the state that boasts the most curling clubs in the country and the nation's oldest. Who would have thought that curling, which is a winter sport, is in Phoenix, Arizona? 
back east in the Minnesotas, the Dakotas, the Wisconsins, it's literally like October 1st to April 1st. Here in Arizona, you've got top quality ice from the first week of September all the way through the last week of July. He says moving to Arizona to curl was a decision his family made for his health, and one he's glad he did more and more every day, now that the Tempe Club has an ice rink dedicated to just curling. Mike Siggins says it's one of only a handful of curling clubs in the Southwest with a dedicated rink. And if I can you know, use a metaphor for golf, uh, it's tough to become a PGA Tour pro if you're if you're just practicing on goofy golf courses like putt putt. That's pretty much what hockey rinks are. Later that day at the Wernick Classic, Team Siggins played against another group of Tempe-based curlers, Team Leclerc. Neither ended up winning the championship. The victory this time went to a Canadian team. But for the Coyotes Curling Club. There's no time to throw stones at anything but the next tournament and another chance to claim recognition for curling in the desert southwest. We like to play the cuddling game when on a fighting ring. In Tempe, I'm Heather Van Blockland, KJZZ News. The namesakes of Arizona's three public universities are more than a century in the making. Ben Giles has the story on origins of the mascots that now represent the U of A, ASU, and NAU. It's Friday night in Tucson, and the McHale Center is thumping. Rival ASU is in town to play the Wildcat women's basketball team. And as the home team takes the court, they're greeted by a different kind of Wildcat, Wilma mascot and longtime partner of Wilbur Wildcat. The Wildcat name dates back to 1914 when the U of A lost a football game in California. Even in defeat, an LA Times columnist wrote that the team, quote, fought like Wildcats. Us being in the desert, obviously we have bobcats, so I feel like that was an easy transition into the cat world, so to speak. That's Roberta Stout, who runs the Hall of Champions at U of A. Stout said that students liked the name so much the freshman football team raised roughly nine bucks to buy a live bobcat in 1915. Named after the university president at the time, Rufus, Arizona, well, Rufus didn't last long. In 1916, the leashed bobcat accidentally hung itself while tied to a tree. Undeterred, Stout said the university kept live bobcats through the 1950s. We had bobcats past Rufus um, that kind of carried on that tradition for a little while. It wasn't until 1959 that Wilbur made his debut in costume at a football game. Stout said Wilma was created by accident. When a new costume was delivered for Wilbur in 1986, students thought it looked too girly. And so they decided that they were going to make him a partner. After a successful blind date with Wilbur, the two were wet. Rebecca Dieterman, who performed as Wilma, said the wedding was fitting. I think it goes back to just the traditions of the University of Arizona and how everything is embedded in a tradition, and it just seemed like the next step is that they needed to be married. But there's no, there's no cubs, no cubs at all, so I'm okay with that. There's another mascot in Tucson across the court from Wilma, Sparky the Sun Devil. Unlike the Wildcat, Sparky hasn't always been the face of ASU. Archivist Robert Spindler said the university, founded as the Territorial Normal School, went by the Normals as early as 1899. By the early 20s, it had a new namesake, the Bulldogs. 
an, an interesting choice, uh, ultimately, because there were other teams known as the Bulldogs at that time. Um, but in this case, um, there actually was a Bulldog uh, that was associated with the name and that uh, traveled with the team and things like that. In 1946, an ASU booster club brainstormed names that would distinguish the university from others. Students adopted the Sun Devil name by vote later that year, and a former Disney illustrator was hired to create a logo. The mascot hasn't been without controversy. Spindler said that in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, people raised concerns about its satanic appearance. In 1972, students were asked whether they should keep Sparky or adopt a more Viking-like Sun Devil. Spindler said alumni, who were allowed to cast votes, overwhelmingly favored Sparky, and the devil remains to this day. In Flagstaff at Northern Arizona University, there's been one mascot and one mascot only, the Lumberjack. The mascot name, the moniker, actually goes back, I believe, to 1915. Um, obviously, being in Flagstaff and a logging industry you know, at the time, the, the university picked up the name Lumberjacks because it just, quite frankly, made sense based on, based on our industry and where we were at the time. That's Adam Ojeda, the university's trademark and licensing manager. While the name has stuck for more than a century, the Lumberjack logo has been redrawn many different ways. And it wasn't until 1964 that the Lumberjack got a name and was officially adopted by what was then the Arizona State Teachers College. They called him Louie, an homage to a popular Kingsman song, Louie Louie. Louie has a few common looks. He's often holding an axe, leaning against a tree stump. Then there's the somewhat terrifying version of Louie that debuted in 2005. We referred to him, quite frankly, as the abominable snowman Louie because he was gray, he had this really great big oversized beard, he looked like one of those Christmas cartoons that you see, you know, the claymation guys. Louis's current design presents a lumberjack that's still intimidating, but much friendlier, roaming the sidelines at a recent basketball game to high-five fans. Ben Giles, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Thanks for listening to KJZZ's Untold Arizona. I'm Tiara Vian. This episode was produced with help from Sky Shout. There are plenty of pictures, videos, maps, and more at untold.kjzz.org. Do you have an Untold Arizona story of your own? Drop us a line on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using the hashtag UntoldArizona. And check out our Facebook group where you can connect to more people who love a good Arizona tale as much as you do. Did you like this podcast? Please subscribe and rate it wherever you're listening. And if you're looking for more Arizona news and storytelling, visit podcasts.kjzz.org or search for KJZZ wherever you get your podcasts. And if you liked this episode, help us tell even more great stories. Head over to donate.kjzz.org to contribute. This is a KJZZ original production. Until next time, thanks for listening.